Hello, hello, and hello. Welcome to the King Heroes Journey Podcast. My name is Beth Martins. thought I would jump on one minute early and uh, let Amanda Vollmer, who's going to be on today, get her bearings. And uh, if you're already there and in the chat and you want to come say hello, please do. Ocean is almost here. Ocean has arrived. He's on time. <laughs> Very good. And he's wet. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> We're in that little in-between place in Canada right now. It's not super cold and it's not super warm, but it's a mess. So I'm going to go live on Rockfin as well. And if anyone would like to come and jump over there. Oh, Billing Bontano Bear is here and present. Nice to see you. Fantastic. Here is the link to Rockfin. And so how are you guys doing? How's everything going? Voice of Reason is here. Hello, welcome. Glad to see you. Mr. Billingtono, <clears throat> Missy Bear is excited for this conversation. Honestly, I feel so incredibly privileged to be able to do this uh, because, you know, I, I, I like researching <laughs> and I also like talking, I like doing the research, talking directly to the person who has the experience and the knowledge and to be able to ask my specific questions, I just feel like it's such a goldmine for me. And then inevitably it ends up helping others. Hello, Ron Walser. Nice to see you. And Tree Dude, I like your name a lot. That's awesome. Jose, nice to see you and hear from you. We should catch up real soon. It's been a kind of whirlwind to say the least. And Carolyn Tobin is over on Rockfin. Welcome, Caroline. Nice to see you. Feel free to chime in with the chat. Hello, hello, and hello. <laughs> you love to experiment on yourself. Yeah, and that's, um, I would say it's my strength and also my downfall. Because sometimes I do it, you know, it's that expression that a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. I'm, I can be a good example of that. And I'll just take a little bit and I'll run with it. And sometimes that actually works for me. And sometimes it works against me. So try to be more diligent about getting the uh, real goods and the information based on lived experience. Hello, Lamar Davis. Nice to see you. If anyone is new to the channel, the King Heroes Journey podcast is a place that I like to highlight those strong souls who withstand all kinds of peer pressure and government pressure and system pressure. And they just go forward. They live their truth. They put out the things that they need uh, them usually that they need themselves and they know other people need, even if it goes against the mainstream, <clears throat> which are all of the guests that I've had on. And uh, yes, we will definitely, you, you have some DMSO, but you're scared to use it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I was a little bit in that place, but as some of you know, if you've been following along, I had some health issues to deal with and I got, uh, I got to meet Amanda again in, uh, uh, Ontario, where the heck were we? Soulshine Festival. I can't even remember the name of the teeny little town we were in just outside of Toronto. And uh, so she was presenting at it. And I was presenting at it. And so I got to just go and, and hands-on get that DMSO, get the book, so that I uh, could have a little bit of semblance of the uh, how to use it. But this will be fantastic. It looks like Amanda is in the house. And uh, take a moment, or as long as you like, to settle in and I'll just wait for a thumbs up whenever you're ready. And uh, it comes from a tree dude. <laughs> it's a byproduct of pulp making process. There you go. Oh, and Amanda is here and ready to go. Oh, and hey, Beth. 
Hello, Amanda. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Might be a little bit. Good. How are you doing? Awesome. I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have I have delayed. glitchy problems. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you think it would help to jump off and jump on again? Sometimes it syncs up. Oh no! No, actually, I just have to let it let it figure itself out, which it okay. tends. I think she was saying it tends to do, but yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I've had endless problems recently, so okay, okay. No problem. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for being here, Manta. If you guys are not familiar with her, she is the uh, creator of Yummy.Doctor. She is a very experienced naturopath. She's definitely a king hero, somebody who has not only trained herself and, and uh, taken care of her own life, but she really seriously takes care of others. One example that um, it, it took me a long time to get into your telegram group that is called is it a, a dose of truth? Let me really quickly go and see. Healthy dose of truth. A healthy dose of truth. Healthy dose of truth. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantastic example of how day after day after day, you and your mods and your admins are helping people specifically with their health and to use the remedies or the products or technologies that you've put out and have discovered. So I found that to be a fantastic resource a lot of good people on there. A lot of it, it's actually worth following. There's very few channels I feel like I uh, want to follow these days. But here I see 56 un unread messages I got for me later tonight. <laughs> so welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for uh, hosting again, and good to see you again. And uh, I always love coming on and talking to your your cool crew, and you know teaching like I do, right? That's my MO. I'm doctor's teacher. So ultimately the goal is to teach people how to doctor themselves and stop relying on, you know, uh, criminal cults essentially who uh, force feed their beliefs, you know, onto us and, um, and really promote fear and separation rather than, you know, the truth of, uh, of health and our well-being and, there's a lot of unlearning to do and relearning to do. So that's why I do what I do. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah, the uh, the world of taking your health into your own hands is now exponentially greater than it ever was. I was thinking about what I've been through recently. And if I had put myself in the hands of the medical system, what a mess that would have been, right? It was even difficult to for me to figure out. And I have a big ego around this think I have a lot of experience and knowledge in the natural health world, but uh, this humbled me like crazy. And so that empowerment is priceless when people have the knowledge. And as I was saying before you came on, sometimes a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, right? You just take uh, the, the surface or you, you know, oh, this is good for that, which I'm really realizing is not a good way to think. It's not a good paradigm for health at, you know, this is good. That is bad because you miss the context of, of how you're using it and why you're using it. And, um, and so I appreciate this chance to learn a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. We want to learn about our bodies and how they operate and then use your intuition to guide you to the correct remedy because there's so many ways that you can heal uh, and so many different paths you can take 
and really you want to find what works best for you. And that means having your, um, your intuition available as well as the knowledge, you know, so it's combined effort and, uh, really drop the fear and, uh, trust your direction and what you're, you're sensing inside rather than coming from, you know, this limited capacity that we have been told like, Oh, if you don't go to medical school, then you couldn't possibly know how to, to help yourself or heal yourself. And you have to, you know, buy an expert or find an expert to tell you what to do. Um, and it really comes down to healing the inner child, which I've spoken about for like almost two decades now, uh, so that we come into our spiritual maturity and adulthood and uh, take charge of our emotional well-being, which is all part of wellness and health and healing. Because if you don't feel emotionally uh, fit, then you're going to make decisions based on all the wrong energies. Um, so it's all tied in together and important to look at. Yeah, motive is it's so important because it's not just the actions that you take, it's where you're coming from. That uh, we were just talking with some parents in one of my trainings and how, you know, they were raised in a certain way and they didn't like it and they saw the bad fallout and side effects of that. And then they raised their children in usually the opposite way, right? If they were neglected, they were really attentive. And it's fantastic. It's a huge upgrade that you've determined you're not going to give them the same experience you had, but it can still come from the exact same motivation. So that's why I think what Amanda's saying is just so, so important to know your own motives, to understand yourself at the level of your, your feelings, your thoughts, emotions, and then the hidden programming underneath. So we're here mm -hmm. to talk specific. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to talk specifically about DMSO. And I know I'm late. I'm like three and a half or even four years late to when you started to put this out. When you and I first met in New York, you had just published Healing with DMSO. Yeah, that's right. It was, <laughs> it was a little bittersweet, that publishing timing, because I basically launched the book right when the COVID Olympics started and uh i it kind of fizzled like the whole excitement was like oh yay i did that oh anyway <laughs> there's a hoax playing out that's really big and everyone's focusing on it okay great you know <laughs> so yeah but it, it it's been really uh well received and popular and a lot of people know so much about it now which i'm really pleased about yeah, it's an excellent little book. So you don't have to be intimidated if you think that you're going to get into, you know, reams and reams of scientific kind of uh, discussion. It, it is written for the layperson, which I appreciate very much that it's, I can understand everything in that book to, to a degree, I guess. And then I was motivated uh, by my own health challenge, just having a lot of mysteries and a lot of days where I really didn't have a clue, not from my intuition and not from the outside. And, uh, and knew that DMSO was something that could address inflammation. So that's what I had going on myself uh, in the gut. So a lot of my questions are, are selfishly aimed about, around digestion. But let's start with just the action of DMSO for anybody who doesn't already know what kind of a compound it is and how it interacts with our living tissues and cells. Yes, well, it is um, a unique substance. Actually, when they identified it, they couldn't really put it in a proper category because it's so unique in its actions that they had nothing to compare it to. They couldn't really put it 
um, even though it is a really true solvent, they couldn't really put it in the solvent category because it's not really like alcohol, even though alcohol is a good solvent. Um, it's not like water <laughs> because uh, they water has its own you know specific properties, and uh, they really had nothing else to compare it to, so they considered you know calling it its own thing because it's not even really. Um, even though in the original books and information, they they called it a drug. Oh, it's a it's a help it's a natural drug, a helpful drug. But um, this is when they were trying to patent it, or they were trying to get it onto market for MDs to prescribe. They were calling it a drug, but it really isn't uh, because a drug is is very suppressive. It takes the actions of the body and says, "Don't you know? Don't do that." Um, and it's like a, a bullet to the gun or to the symptom, but this is different. Um, it's actions are many. And that's why like in the book, <laughs> there's lists and lists of all the different things that has its, um, you know, uh, opportunity to help. And the inflammation aspect is a huge part of it. Um, and it was really known for pain because it was really helpful for pain management, especially back in the day when, um, there wasn't really, you know, there were a handful of drugs that were really addictive available for pain, but this was non-addictive. It, it caused a zero alterations to t cells and tissues, uh, and it was able to get pain and inflammation under control. Like those two can go hand in hand, obviously. Um, so they had availability for acutes, dealing with acute situations. So it was used in like horse racing, veterinary care, uh, and also in uh, sports medicine quite a bit. It's very well known in those um, arenas, but it wasn't really popularized um, because really it came out around the time of the thalidomide disaster and the FDA was really gun shy about promoting something else that seemed to be miraculous. And the information also leaked before they really could um, publish all the first big scientific papers on it. So it became sens uh, sensationalized in the media and the news. And uh, it, it sort of almost like how my book came out, it kind of fizzled where it should have been done properly. Um, so it didn't get sort of the leg up at the time that it should have. Um, and the actions are really unique. I mean, this is something that has an interesting relationship with water, uses water to travel through the body. It has a really fantastic uh, relationship with the nervous system. And that's why, you know, you can put it on your foot, rub it on your foot and you'll taste it in your mouth within seconds. Uh, it, it, it travels through the body so rapidly and it seems to penetrate tissues in, in every part. So body within 15, 20 minutes, they'll find it in every tissue in the brain and even in the bone. And that's really difficult uh, for a lot of substances to, to penetrate some of these tissues. So brain and bone being two of them, so it's very handy in, in serious chronic illnesses where you have a lot of stagnation, like in cases of cancer. And uh, also they've used it in, uh, in uh, combination with so many different drugs um, and things like chemo. Not that I support any of that, but in the modern, you know, uh, medical ideology, they think, you know, killing off <laughs> these cells are bad and you have to kill them, that sort of thing. So it delivers the drug deeper into those areas and they need to use less drug to do so, which is at least helpful and can uh, increase the survival of being poisoned like that 
Plus, it's a massive detoxifier, so it will upregulate your entire detoxification mechanisms uh, and mobilize those systems so it can get rid of things like heavy metals, um, parabens, uh, pesticide, pesticide residues. It can denature um, glyphosate um, you know, in the gut and in the body and uh, microplastics, these sorts of things, B BPA. Um, so it's a regulator as well. So it, it really has so many different actions and there's a lot of science done on it. Like you can go and look up so many different papers that have been done and also because it's used in um, organ transplants and it, because it preserves tissue, it has an interesting relationship to uh, temperature. So it's, um, it's freezing point is a little bit higher than what, you know, you would have with water. So say you have water in your cells, they will break the cells with crystallization. But if you add DMSO into that, it will prevent the freezing to that level so that the crystallization will not occur and the cell death will not happen. So preserving tissues is really important for organ transplant and also for doing scientific experiments and these sorts of things. So they use it a lot in the lab. They can mix compounds with it that won't be altered or damaged or changed by it so that they can recover their full substance after they remove the DMSO. Um, so they can ex use it as an extract. And in fact, I've been using DMSO as a tincturing medium lately. I've been, well, not just lately. I, I have one product that I have, I have pri on my private website uh, called The Green Immediate. And why I called it The Green Immediate is because it's a it's a very strong cannabis double extraction using DMSO as the salt as a secondary solvent. Oh, we're losing our cannabis through the skin because it's completely transdermal. DMSO is transdermal. It will carry. Oh, okay. I'll wait till it comes back. We're okay um, now. Just let me know if it's good when it's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah we're good. Um, and so because it's fully trans transdermal like that, um, it's going to take in the medicine into tissues and uh, it's a carrier of uh, all of these substances as well. Um, so you have like a lot of potency that you can use in uh, all kinds of applications, not just for pain, not just for inflammation, um, but also for, um, you know, healing like the skin. So I make a, a, a substance called hair cream called facelift in a jar, for example, uh, that a lot of people love that, yes, that helps to get rid of wrinkles and discoloration of the skin and sun damage and these sorts of things. Um, and I started making a lot of blends, not just tincturing with it. Um, like I make also a, a clove extract for dental care because clove has uh, an affinity to the nervous system tissue and can help with a lot of uh, nerve inflammation. And a lot of substances, they're good for muscle pain um, or inflammatory-based pain, but not really nerve pain. But DMSO can affect nerve uh, uh, pain and damage as well, which is kind of rare for a, one substance to do, or so both things. And so combined, it's extra powerful. Um, so it's not just, so in and of itself, it's a healer and also it helps to lift and carry small molecular weight products, you know, in through tissues transdermally, uh, and into the, the delivery site in, inside the cell itself, uh, which is really quite an amazing set of characteristics to have for one particular substance. And it's probably why it was not liked, let's say, and not promoted, um, because it was a threat to the pharmaceutical industry. Like literally they would need no, um, cortisone, no, 
you never would need to use that again or any of their anti-inflammatories. This is a far more superior uh, anti-inflammatory to literally any of the ones that they sell on the market. So they, they don't like that competition. And there's a whole story. There's a book you can get about the persecution of DMSO uh, that I read when I was doing my research for the book. And what a saga, what a drama that they had to go through just to, you know, get this substance out to the and get, uh, you know, Dr. Stanley Jacob, who was the pioneer of this in the modern era, era, you know, his lament back from the FDA, who basically shut him down, as usual. Um, and, you know, get back to studying substance again, which took him years to do. Uh, he just died actually very near the beginning of the pandemic, um, which I was sort of bitter about that too, because I was hoping he would have read my book and I would have met him and that sort of thing. And then he just died. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, uh, the ways to use it are many. And that's why I started making the blends because I realized that um, I can use the alchemy of the substance for many layers of benefit, um, including my infamous eye drops because like the stuff that's healing is like cataracts. They don't need cataract surgery anymore. You can just use my 40% um, DMSO eye drops with vitamin C and literally clean up your cataracts. I've had hundreds of people who have healed their cataracts and come back to me saying, I can't believe it. They're gone. Plus my floaters happened to go away. Plus I threw away my, my eyeglasses or my eyesight is better. Um, and they're using it for things that even some, I had a couple of optometrists really get angry at me, send me nasty emails. Like, how dare you say that anything can heal the retina? You're giving people false hope. I'm like, oh, I'm not giving anybody false hope. I have repaired cases of, uh, you know, retinitis pigmentosa or um, different kinds of macular degeneration or other types of uh, issues, like even the, the when the retina collapses and, 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 and splits in the back of the eye, um, that like a retinal tear, it can repair that also. And they probably should learn about it and begin to use it in, in their practices instead of coming at me, you know? Uh, so it's, it's really just getting past the cognitive dissonance that a lot of, um, people have and doctors have, especially around using the substance and the versatility and, and, um, and also affordability of it. Oh, indeed. Exactly. So I'm curious about, the repair function, and you also use the word regulator that I am assuming to be related to that. And so what is the action that would, that would uh, promote the repair, say, of a damaged organ or your, like your eye being an organ or kidneys or liver, all of that kind of thing? And, and also what would be the difference between ingesting it and using it topically if there is? Well, Systems of action are, uh, first of all, blood flow is increased. So this is one of the contraindications. You don't use it on active bleeding or with active bleeding um, because it can prolong the uh, clotting mechanism from taking hold. So you want to make sure bleeding sort of under control before you go ahead and apply it. But you can do, do so pretty soon afterward. Um, but it will upregulate blood flow to the area. And as you know, stagnation is really the cause of all disease. I mean, congestion, stagnation, that's really where a disease sets off. Because if you can't get to an area uh, or you do not have proper flow of energy, blood, materials, waste, this sort of thing, then it all piles up. 
and disease uh, symptoms you begin to see, right? The body will try to do alternative ways of getting it out, like producing mucus or producing tumors or producing skin blemishes or things that push out of the skin. Um, but when you have the DMSO there, it actually um, creates nitric oxide or increases nitric oxide and also relaxes the vessels of the blood of, of the of the um, the vessels, the blood vessels themselves. So when they're more relaxed state, the blood can get into the area, deliver the nutrients and remove the waste. So the, then you get rapid healing. And one of the ways it uh, halts inflammation isn't by stunting the mechanism, which is why it's so amazing is because uh, you don't really want to suppress mechanisms. You don't want to confuse the feedback systems. So what it really does is says, don't worry now we have blood here. So we don't, and we have transdermal opening. So we already have a way to get things in and out of this area. And that's one of the main goals of inflammation is to change the shape of the cells so that the gap junctions between the cells can allow for materials to come in and out. But because DMSO allows for passage in actually three different mechanisms, then it's, un, it's uh, redundant and unnecessary. So the body can do the work without needing the inflammatory um, regulators there, which is quite, quite its, I would say, one of its claims to fame. Um, and then it is also uh, able to lend both oxygen and sulfur to the area. So it is a sulfur-based compound. And if you know anything about amino acids, we have four amino acids in the body that are sulfur-dependent. Two are essential and two are non-essential. And uh, between your cells that create tissue, so cells put together is what we call tissue, uh, between every cell, you have um, cross linkages of sulfur bonds. Uh, well, they're sulfur hydrogen bonds. And uh, without that, you have sort of sluggish atonal tissue. Um, so when an organ is not functioning properly, we call it um, atonal or meaning it doesn't have its, uh, its form and form is function. And so you have like a sloppy, <laughs> a sloppy organ and it's not tight. The tissue's not tight or tonified. And so we often will use astringents, things like that, try to tighten back up or tonify back up the tissue so they operate properly. But DMSO does that without the astringent necessity because it is allowing for the repair of the connections between the cells to regulate better so that the tonification and also the balance of the waters and the electrical conductivity of the cell can happen properly. Um, so that alone is going to speed healing for an area um, and allow for regulation of the of this of this uh, whatever's happening. And as well, it's bacteriostatic. And what I like is that it's not um, an uh, an antiseptic, meaning it's not going to kill anything, because we don't really want to necessarily do that if we don't have to, right? So, because germs are our friend, <laughs> they're they are always there for a particular reason, and the reason. Um, uh, in, you know, is to get rid of dead, dying and damaged tissue and to, you know, absorb a lot of waste and get them out of the area. But we don't really need them on the scene if you have DMSO there, um, because it sort of calms down the action of the somatids and the bacterial forms in that region, even fungal forms and things will just back away. Because again, the DMSO is helping the mechanisms of removal of the waste and upregulating the repair so that you don't need so much digestion from these microorganisms. And it helps the white blood cells get into the area. So they will do most of the engulfing and the removal instead of the bacterial colonies. 
which are generally smaller. So uh, it, it just says, you know, back off. This is my sandwich <laughs> and I've got this. It's like a hero, like a hero of the day. It's like Superman coming in and saying, oh, I'll, I'll take that care of that. I'll take care of this and I'll take care of that too. And we're good. And so the body can just do what it normally would do, which is bring in nutrients, get out waste and get the, the tissue back into an organized state so it can function and regulate itself properly. Uh, what was your second part of that question again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot. Uh, let me, let me, it was just about the difference between putting it on your body and digesting oh. it in your body. Right. Okay. So there's different ways in which you can, you know, use it, right? Because it's transdermal, um, people can just put it on their skin and it's like they're eating it because it will go into the blood and into the body right away through the skin. Um, and so wherever it comes in, in that area, it will be used up first. So as it goes, so say it's starting, you put it on your shoulder, say a frozen shoulder, you put it on your shoulder, the DMSO concentration will be used there first before it starts to travel through the rest of the body. So it will have like, there's a rate limiting step to how much DMSO concentration is going to be used as it, you know, sort of infiltrates into the area. So, you know, you might not get as much usage in other parts. So that's why you would use it, say, locally uh, for something specific. Uh, or say you're trying to get it into an organ specifically, you may want to go right for the liver and put it on topically. But ingestion, and sometimes in combination is a really good approach, but um, to ingest it, uh, the second it's in your mouth, which it doesn't taste the best, which is sort of unfortunate because it's really quite a bitter substance, um, tastes kind of like elastic bands or something because it's a sulfur-based um, uh, compound. So it's, it's going to have sort of a garlicky odor and an oyster type of odor. Um, and once it once it's hitting your mouth, it's immediately going up into, so your whole teeth and jaw system have nerves that penetrate, you know, all, connect to the brain. So immediately all that is going into the brain. So the second it's hit here through the limbic system, and then it's going to affect the lymphatic system of the mouth. So you're getting that absorption first. And then depending on your doses, you're going to swallow that. It's going to be used at the thyroid area, the trachea, all these regions are going to take a lot of the DMSO and use it that locally. And then as it goes down into the stomach area. So I generally recommend ingestion when treating, you know, head, neck, um, through, it reset, I hope we're good. Okay. Um, head, no, a head area all the way down into the gut. So especially if you have issues of the gut, it's really great to ingest it because you're getting it right local to the tissue that you want. So it's going to get more action in those specific areas. Um, so, you, or you, you know, you can do a combination approach. So you're more saturated. And additionally, um, there are clinics that do IV therapy that will give you like a combination cocktail of DMSO with some other substance, say like glutathione or vitamin C, these sorts of infusions. And that just really helps whatever they've paired it with get to maximum delivery and usage um, at the end tissue. Um, and uh, as well, you can have it injected intramuscularly also. So it's very versatile. Uh, in fact, it is a, an, an actual leg legitimate FDA legitimate um, um, cure. It's the only thing that they're allowing to say anything about DMSO doing something in their books 
for interstitial cystitis, which is a really serious bladder condition that can actually end one's life. Uh, and they use like a catheter system and they inject DMSO into the bladder and it does what I was saying. It heals those, those soggy gla uh, gap junctions and closes everything tight uh, and uh, gets the tonification back into the organs so that it can function again and um, stop having all the uh, leaky problems that it, it has in that condition. So they even know that it has these abilities, but it's like, that's as far as they'll go. <laughs> just, just, it'll just heal interstitial cystitis, but nothing else. Don't do that. Um, and then you can also use it in a nebulizer. So you can actually inhale DMSO with a proper concentration, which is really important to learn, you know, about the different concentrations and, and how to use it properly and safely. Um, but uh, no more than 50% usually above the neck, there are some situations where that's okay, like higher, but generally I'm saying 50% above the neck in any orifice and ingested is sort of your like general rule. All right. Wow. You're answering a lot of questions right off the top here. I'm curious about anything that you ingest and the stomach acid, because that's kind of the first line of not past the esophagus, but uh, you know, it's a highly acidic environment. So how does the acid and the DMSO interact? Well, you know, you're going to have secretions immediately when something's dumped in. So you're going to have some, depending on time of day, and there's all kinds of ebb and flow of secretions in the gut. Um, but really, it's immediately penetrating. So it's not really having a lot of interactions with the stomach acid because of its mechanism of action. Uh, and it will uh, pass through with water, it'll connect with water immediately. So and usually you are ingesting it already blended not just, you're never going to just drink pure DMSO anyway, it's already with water. So it doesn't, um, and it has already uh, a relationship with the water, which is already hydrogen bonded. So it really doesn't denature it or cause any issue. And in fact, I generally recommend um, doing it on an empty stomach or taking it on an empty stomach. Um, oh, we'll just wait a minute till she comes back. And Rose asked her mom if she could irrigate her bladder with DMSO, and she said no. <laughs> well, we'll see if, yep, they take a really good friend to help you do that. Use it on a home care patient with bladder irrigation as well. Amazing. And uh, welcome, Sorry Karen. That. Oh, that's okay. And you're back. Can I ir to irrigate my bladder with a Foley catheter myself at home? Oh, yeah, I, don't, I I would just use it topically for a bladder issue like that. Um, now, you can add it to catheter material uh, in low percentage. I would only do probably a handful of drops or like no more than 20% in the catheter solution. Um, so you can. I mean, people have done all kinds of things. It's not dangerous. Um, like it, no one's died from, the, from using it or anything like that. Um, you know, you can, um, you can pretty much, you just have to not do it too strong. Really. Um, I had one woman who has like a, uh, she said she had severe uterine prolapse after a couple of babies and it was really bad and she didn't know what to do. And so she knew about DMSO as, you know, a tonifier. So she bought like organic tampons and soaked like the pure, like 99.995% pure 
DMSO in the tampon and before bed, she just stuck it up there and she healed her uterine prolapse doing that, um, wow. you know, each night. So, and, and she, she went for it, you know, she went hard on it. I know people who slathered on neat as well on their skin. And even if they get a little bit of hives or a little bit of skin thickening, which can happen is temporary. It always heals better after anyway. Um, even with that sort of side effect, if you will, of the redness and the itchiness and that sort of thing. So, and Dr. Jacob used to put it on with, uh, he used to have a stick with like the end or a horse hairbrush and he would just treat patients. Patients would literally drive like miles and miles, days and days to come and see him because he was the only clinic who would offer the service. And he would just like paint, bait brush them full of <laughs> DMSO, let them go through the reaction, you know, note down anything that's happened, take proper notes and they would go away pain free. Um, so that was very popular, you know, back in, this is like the seventies, really seventies and yeah, late seventies. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I just wanted to give testimony to the pain thing that I, I don't suffer a lot of pain. I don't get a lot of headaches, but you know, we're all humbled at times. And, uh, but I was, after I went through all my cancer treatments, diagnosed with shingles and had a horrendous like hospitalization and isolation and all kinds of crazy things. So I will have periodic recur recurrences of that. And the last time that it happened, I, and it can come with a lot of pain, like right away. And it's nerve pain. It's so obviously nerve pain. It's not your muscles. It's not anything else. And, um, and almost nothing really, you know, I would start eating garlic and vitamin C and all of the, the normal things, but with the DMSO, I put it right on the, the site of the pain and the pain went away immediately. Like it was, it was not even minutes and that pain was completely gone and the breakout didn't happen. Of, nice. Right. Like that I'm going like, wow, I wish I knew about this sooner. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. And actually, I've had a people um, with shingles and herpes and these sorts of, you know, things they tend to get on repeat and that they associate with the virus, which it isn't, you know, there are no, none of these viruses. Um, these are all just excuses by the medical mafia because they don't understand the body. So they have to like manufacture ideas that you couldn't ever really confirm yourself, you know, and make it so confusing and difficult so that you, again, like lean on them for answers. Right. Um, but you know, these types of expressions are generally uh, due to toxicity of the nerve in those areas. And generally there's metals or plastic residues or pesticide residues, you know, from eating, from having sex with all with condoms or with people who are wearing like underwear, like a lot of the, the dyes in our clothing are full of um, metals. And so we're coming in close contact or friction with all of these things and the, that get absorbed into the nerve root uh, or they can even come from ingestion. They go into the the body through get out any way possible. And so when the body deems it appropriate or it can't hold on to the materials anymore, like say in a weakened state or a stressed state, it's like we can't hold, we can't uh, manage this waste anymore, which takes energy. And it then starts to slowly release out. So that's why you get people who are stressed with these breakouts and stuff. And, but if you keep applying the DMSO on these situations, you do get a handle on the pain as you experience, uh, but also it will help to remove those wastes completely so that you never get those outbreaks again. I've had loads of people say, you know, I'd listen to you. I know, you know, I had shingles. 
it was terrible, terrible pain. And I just kept applying it, kept applying it, kept doing it. And more and more was coming until finally it was finished. And I've never had it again um, since. So you can actually recover fully from these sorts of things that are apparently viral caused and random and these kind, these sorts of stories they tell us. Amazing. And would it work on scars? I actually have been left with, if you get real close up, you'll see how it followed the nerve line in uh, mm. through my face. They thought my eyes were going to get, uh, I was going to be blind from that. So is it is it also a scar kind of a healer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've had lots of people with the questionable things on their face. They don't know what it is or it's, they've had it for years, like this sort of thing that just doesn't fully heal or actual like wound scars, this sorts of thing. And it has a really interesting relationship with collagen. And this is also why you don't use it if you use Botox <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> because it will actually dissolve, completely dissolve and remove Botox, which is a poison from the body. Uh, so I've had one woman, she went and got all these expensive Botox treatments and then she used my facelift in a jar and it all went away. <laughs> but it's the same idea, <clears throat> excuse me, with the collagen because it uh, tends to uh, help collagen lay down in its neat, in a neat pattern. And so it does that organizational thing I was saying, and it does that organizational thing with scars. So scars are, um, um, unorganized tissue sort of laid down haphazardly. Uh, and so it will help to dissolve anything that's chunked in there and then encourage new regrowth of tissue. Um, so that can be fast or slow process depending on your metabolism and all kinds of other factors. Like if you have enough vitamin C in the tissues. Now, if it doesn't work, that means that it's not getting what it needs to do the repair work. So make sure your zinc levels are good, your iodine levels, your vitamin C levels, these sorts of things, because it's not going to just repair it without tools. There are other tools and other minerals and things that are needed to do it properly. So people say, Amanda, you know, um, for example, I had one woman say the other day, um, uh, there was a weird scar thing on their dog, um, maybe a skin tag, they weren't quite sure what it was. They put DMSO on it and went away like right almost right away. And then she had something on her hand and she's been trying to treat it and it's not going away with the DMSO application. So in that case, I was like, all right, well, then there's something missing nutritionally that's not allowing the repair mechanism to kick in and complete because DMSO is encouraging repair. But if you don't have the the stuff to repair with, it can only go so far, right? Um, so then look to where's your liver health at because the liver is the governor of the skin. Uh, if your liver is congested, you can try all you will, but you only, again, get so far uh, with your healing without like looking deeper at where the other damage is or where the real source or root cause of the actual problem is because people just want it to magically go away all the time. But it's not as miraculous as I'm making it sound. And it is quite... It, it isn't miracle. There isn't something like that. That's just not how healing works anyway, because you have a thing because there's a message <laughs> for why you've gotten into an imbalanced state, right? And generally you want to pick all the flowers of that garden before you move on. And you want to get the gift and the lesson of why you got ill or what, what has happened in your imbalance, not only for the lessons and the learning and these sorts of things, but also so that you can prevent going down the same road again. Um, that you've learned that so much and understood that so much that you've gained so much knowledge, you can maybe help others. Maybe there's something that's part of the gift that you now can help other people uh, learn, you know, how not to do that preventatively or how to heal it themselves, this sort of thing, rather than it just like, oh, poof, like, 
I waved a wand and now it's gone. Yay me. I'm going to go on and do all my bad habits and everything else, you know, still and get away with it. Right. It's just not what this realm is about. Right. So, um, so people have to keep that in mind when they're using something that that's very powerful that, um, to, to not get in that mindset. And it's ironic. I see people who are in that mindset, not healing, um, because they're not, they're wanting it to just go away. They're not maturing in their emotional sense. And, uh, I mean, rather than Aren't you saying something good and we're missing it? <laughs> it's okay. I stopped. Right there away. you are. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you want to repeat the last thing you said that it sounded like it was a good one? Well, just that, you know, you have, instead of freaking out that you have a thing, you actually want to be introspective and learn about and mature through, you know, why did I have this experience? What, what, what was it about? You know, what, yeah. like, Eva, are my habits wrong? And that's how I got here. Because if it just goes away, and you don't change your habits, then you're not really learning anything. And you're just going to repeat it again, you're going to be in the pains again, you know, and I think there's protection, our soul protects us from from doing that by not actually healing, you know, because mm. it's, we're missing out by not looking like in and getting the gifts of the knowledge, and also the self awareness that comes. And, and changing our lifestyle that should come from any sort of, you know, health and balance because you got there for a reason. And it's generally to do with your lifestyle factors uh, or your emotional field or a combination of all those things. Um, and you don't want to go away without that. And even as a healer, I had that problem a lot where I was taking away people's experiences by just telling them what to do and they heal and they're all happy and whatever. But you know, then I'm taking on their karma, you know, I'm like, you know, getting weird things happening to me. And is that really helping them heal? Like, I had to go, what is healing at this point? What is it? Is it just magically taking away everything from them? So they're well, or is it walking them through their uh, disharmony, and helping them understand how they got there and how to get themselves out so that they're fully empowered at the end of it? Um, otherwise, you know, what's the point? You know, yeah, that's just such a great point to emphasize because I saw so many people that went through their health journeys and, you know, they got a cure from the medical system. They got a clean bill of health and then it completely removed any sense that they had a, a responsibility to make the changes that you're talking about. And, um, and then, yeah, when you, when you go through it and you unpack, okay, here's how I got here. This, oh, I didn't know, or, you know, oh, I already did know, but I wasn't doing anything. And then it builds that map so that it, you know, the next time you have to face a challenge, you're going to have that map to fall back on. Whereas if you just, you know, because there are healers out there, they can lay their hands on you and they can, you know, ma manipulate energy. But I also don't adhere to that whatsoever, because unless it's you consciously making choices on your path internally and externally, then you don't have that map. So I just totally agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when I would do a lot of hands-on healing, because I did that for ages, um, I always knew inside that the, the most important of all of it was the discussion afterward and what I gleaned and what I got. Uh, from that, from going in them and feeling what was happening, you know, and yes, I was asking, they gave me permission by proxy to do that blessing for them to do that healing for them. 
um, which is fine. I find that fine, but you don't just do that. It's now let's this, it's like the, what would happen is I would reflect back to them and they would start to see what was happening. And there would usually be a lot of tears and there would be a lot of realizations and there would be a lot of aha moments for them, right? Because they're getting that true reflection of themselves. And once they put the pieces of the puzzle together, it was like glorious for them. And then they take it from there. Then for, there's usually only one session ever was needed because it was just helping them put that mess together in a picture that they could actually visualize. And then from there, you know, they could run with it. And it was really beautiful to, to witness. So, yeah. Nice. And it's a good model of a health practitioner because you don't want people dependent on you. You don't want them to have to come to you every time they've got an issue and you can fix their energy and it just becomes another medical model for them to follow. So, yep. 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 Very good. Um, so let's see. So many of these questions got answered in, along the way here. I'm curious about using it on the skin. Here's one place I, I get stick, stuck on a logistic thing is that uh, I, I like to use the DMSO as you recommended with your your magnesium at night. So putting the magnesium on first and the DMSO on top to, to carry the magnesium in. And then we're in our cold um, time and dry time here. So my skin is really drying out. At what point would you use a moisturizer like after that or before that and time separated? Well, because DMSO is a true solvent, meaning that it can, what it does is, is when water is with it and when oils are with um, helps proteins connect both and so the mag the magnesium um also is quite drying uh when i did the co i have a combination on my dmso.store website like a 50 percent um and what i find is yeah after a little bit it after it absorbs through it can leave the sort of a residue so the skin itself is not actually dried it's just it leaves like a bit of a, whatever can't go through of the magnesium leaves a bit of a residue on top. Um, so usually I really like castor oil to rub castor oil into the tissue afterwards. And DMSO and castor oil actually are good buddies too, as they're both very penetrating and they're both very cleansing. Um, so that's one way, like I like, I don't like the smell of castor oil, but I love castor oil. Um, so I usually add a couple drops of essential oils that are, I like into the castor oil and rub into the skin um, especially in the winter, uh, for, you know, to combat the, uh, the extra dryness that can happen there. And I make all kinds of creams and lotions that are blended with DMSO and depending on your skin type, even some of those, like the, the moisture will go in. Right. So, so people think they're moisturized when it's just like on the top on the surface. Right. But DMSO will take all that moisture into the under layers. So their skin is actually being moisturized, but just actually properly underneath. And so then you want just something that will skim the top and give you that, you know, top um, epidermis moisture uh, additionally. So even if they use like my eczema lotion or my dandelion lotion, which are really treatments that are quite um, uh, organ related, not really for skin exactly, because <laughs> both of them will affect the liver and upregulate liver um, enzymes and processes and release wastes, then afterward, you know, we can come back with something really simple like a castor oil or olive oil to just get that top layer taken care of. But the underside, the under layers are very moisturized by that process. 
Nice. I had a good experiment, I think, with uh, coconut oil. So I, I used the magnesium, then the DMSO, and then put uh, coconut oil on not long after. And it really drank into my skin. Like I, I, that was so pleasant not to just have a layer. I don't want that layer because I'm going to, you know, go to bed and muck up my sheets. And, you know, and yeah. uh, it's all before bed. So you're not going to be like standing there for 25 minutes waiting for everything <laughs> to dry. So uh, is coconut oil a decent choice? for com combining with the DMSO? It really, again, depends on your skin type. I don't know if you've looked at, at any Ayurvedic doshas before. Um, some people, coconut oil is amazing for them. For me and for many people who don't have a lot of melanin even, um, or, you know, there's different types of skin types. Some people freckle easy, some people don't, this sort of thing. Uh, it does, it dries my skin out quite considerably, so I don't tend to use it. But I am a Vata Pitta 50-50 um, dosha, and I really work well with like sesame-based oils a lot. They tend to really um, work well with my skin and moisturize well, and they don't tend to give like a weird residue afterward, that sort of thing. Um, so really, it's just about testing different ones and seeing the result and and sort of a bit of experimentation. So yes, uh, if you found a really good e example of it on your skin, then go for it. And um, you know, usually it's a barrier. Like if you just put coconut oil on the skin, it tends to form like a skim or a barrier. And so I usually recommend that people mix coconut oil with a little bit of something else like olive oil or another oil um, so that the, so that that oil sits underneath and the coconut oil sits on top. And then that creates like a moisture barrier. Um, otherwise it's used really well in like diaper rash situations or where the bottom is moist all the time, coconut oil, because it will dry out the skin actually a little bit more because a layer of air will be under the castor oil, uh, sorry, under the uh, coconut oil and, uh, and help dry out the tissue. So sometimes you want that depending on the situation, right? And depending on your skin type and all these other factors. Um, and that's just not with combination with DMSO. So that's just pure, you know, using it purely. So, um, yeah, just again, experiment with what you like and, uh, and you can see on your skin, at least that's something you can visualize and go, yes, that works really well for my skin or no, that doesn't right <laughs> by the yeah. results. Yeah, yeah. And it felt good. That was the, that was the part, like it relieved that sense. Cause you know, you go to twist and you're like, oh, my skin says, don't even do that anymore. So I'm like, ah, oh, it's time. Um, so this is a really good question from Tree Dude. He's saying, what should I not do with DMSO topically? Uh, well, don't use it like pure, like the 99.995% all the time. Um, because so, and I've done this because I've done all the wrong things, of course. Um, but uh, it, it will thicken the, the dermis skin over time time it will doesn't look that nice it just, you know it looks kind of rough and and it can even uh you know make it a little more sensitive to sunburn and stuff it's not really a um a problem of like a, a photo uh sensitivity but uh just the fact that you can really wipe out some of the microorganisms if you keep doing it pure like on the skin or at least make them dormant, right? Because you need microbes on your skin. So you don't really want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it like that. So just don't go crazy with the pure on the same skin over and over and over like that. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, but really, topically, you just don't want to blend it with bad things, right? Like it'll carry good stuff, but it'll carry not good stuff. 
So topically, you don't want to mix it with anything like rust or anything that's potentially toxic. Like you wouldn't want to blend it with Vaseline or, um, or like polysporin or any of these sorts of things, you know, you want to make sure that what you're blending it with is natural. Um, and, uh, that's really the, the biggest risk for, um, you know, avoidance of skin or that your skin is clean. You know, uh, you haven't used other products that are now going to be carried into the skin by using the DMSO. And this is where a lot of people are really free freaked out and scared. They're like, Oh, if I blend it wrong, I'm going to die. It's kind of it's like, it's, it's not that dire. <laughs> um, you just don't want to be foolish with it. I, I would also heed a warning about, um, you know, people who have mercury amalgams in their mouth, um, that, uh, they can, the DMSO can link with the, the mercury and the other, metals and take them into the body. So you definitely want to avoid direct contact into the mouth if you have amalgams. And wow. like I just created recently, um, my heavy metals detox course. And I go to I even say in it, like, don't even bother doing this course unless you get those metals out of your mouth. I mean, really, uh, you're constantly poisoning yourself. So you're going to detox yourself. And now you're going to be poisoned again, like that just just get rid of the source of the poison first. Okay. That's should be the focus and then get to work chelating and healing and removing all that from the rest of the body. Right. Because what can happen, because like I said, DMSO's transdermal will go into every part of the body in some people, and this isn't across the board. So we just, you know, this is individualized medicine. So we can only make generalizations of some of these things, but I have seen it where people are so metal toxic that once they start using DMSO, even if they have amalgams or not actually, but primarily in people with amalgams that they start moving the mercury around the brain. So whatever's already in their heads, it starts to mobilize and move it. And what happens is you use say a little bit of DMSO. Remember I said how it starts here and then it's used up. Well, it'll start here and it'll start to move the mercury out to the elimination routes, which has to go through the bloodstream into the liver to get out. But then it stops because you run out of DMSO. So then it resettles the metals into new tissue. And then you get symptoms of, you know, metal toxicity in those areas. People can get things called Mad Hatter syndrome. I had a couple, I only had a couple in all my years actually had that happen too. Um, but they kind of go crazy. Like they kind of don't know what's wrong with them. They're emotional. They're having all kinds of mental symptoms they're not comfortable with. Right. And I have to tell them that unfortunately they have to continue using the DMSO because they got to finish that removal process. Now that they've moved it, they got to keep going until the end. Right. Even if they're scared, they're good. I have to walk them through it. Like I had one woman where she had uh, cataracts and glaucoma, her eyes were just a mess. And she started using the drops. Same thing. The DMSO is grabbing, literally grabbing these wastes and mobilizing them out. And if the DMSO runs out and the rest of the body is not able to digest and absorb those materials, it will resettle into other tissues. And you can get what's called temporal arteritis, uh, where the debris settles in the artery next to the eye. And she was getting like temple pain. And actually, you can see it, you could visualize the, the artery like, you know, jumping out there because it's full and inflamed, right? I said, I, I know it's, it's, 
it's terrible what you're, yeah, it's unfortunate that happened. I'm sorry that happened, but you got to keep using it. You just got to go for it now. You got to just get it moved out and finish rather than stopping part way because it's now in an area you definitely don't want it. You know, I had another case exactly like that of a child, some sort of impact in the gut. We don't know exactly what it was. They could eat in a penny. I mean, we don't even know what it was, but intense pain in this child, doubled over pain, been to the ER multiple times. They don't know what's wrong. They can't find anything on x-ray. We're like, well, we're going to use DMSO ingesting and topically. Let's see if we can move it. Started it, but got increased at the beginning. Stopped their feet out, stopped and contacted me. I said, I know it's difficult, but you have to pursue. <laughs> you have to continue to get this process finished. And they trusted me and they listened and they did it and everything resolved. And the weirdest stuff came out of his bowels that I don't even, maybe it was even a parasite. I don't even know what it was. Cause I didn't get, I luckily didn't get poo pictures this time. I usually get a lot of poo <laughs> pictures. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yay. You know, fun day to wake up to Oh, poo pictures. Yeah. Uh, but, but they trusted the process, right? This is a process. You're mobilizing some heavy materials here and you're asking a lot of the DMSO. And it, sometimes there's pain when you start to heal and people don't want, I know they don't want it, but they've made their bed. Like they're toxic and they're malnourished and then they want to start to detox. And so that's why in my course, I'm very, very particular and specific at the beginning. The whole first half of the course is prepping the body for detox. You're not even detoxing yet. It's all prep work and making sure that the congestion points are released before you start now saying, Hey, you know, this volatile material that's been sitting here for like 10 years, well, move it now. And it's like, okay. And then it's got nowhere to go. That's just not how you want to detox the body, right? You have to be wise in that way. So this is why just that education point, is so vital. You know, this is how the body's mobilizing. This is why you're getting the symptoms. This is understanding the rationale and the reason for it that doctors never teach and most don't even know, right? And helping them trust the process and walking them through it. And at the end, it's like having a child and get, you know, giving birth, right? You're like, holy crap, that was painful, man, but I did it. <laughs> like I got through it, right? And you feel empowered after. You feel like you you tackled something, you went through the pain and there were the discomfort or the, even the emotional discomfort. And now you're on the other side and you're proud of yourself and you're proud of your courage and this sort of thing. Right. Um, and then the next time you're faced with a challenge, you, you, you brave, bravely go into it and you're like, yes, I've got this. Right. And that's really where we want to have strong, resilient people made from these experiences. Uh, but just to be aware of that, you know, that can happen. Um, I don't usually recommend the mouthwashes and these sorts of things if there's dental issues with amalgams um, to avoid that area and just use topical, you know, instead of it's like a dental abscess or that sort of thing. <clears throat> wow, so much. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Um, you know, detoxification was something that I, it was like riding a bicycle for me. I've been doing it my whole life. We're being poisoned all the time. There's one reason or another, whether it's your own behavior or the world out here and now I hear they're shooting lithium at us from the chemtrails and stuff. And, and, uh, so sorry, I didn't. Oh, that's okay. Did you miss what I said? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No problem. So just regarding detox and how that's something that 
I thought I knew about, but in the context, context is everything, like what's happening. So detox is really easy where there's no inflammation. You just encourage, you know, like high fiber and uh, you can use a whole variety of different kind of supplements and everything like that, that, that in a sense, shake up the system and allow things to start moving. But where there's inflammation, that's the exact wrong thing to do. And that's how I got so deep into uh, a quagmire with my body because I was, you know, basically it was, it was under attack from all of this uh, detox mode. And so I understand that DMSO is very different in its detox action. It's not causing any irritation or like mechanical movement of materials. It's really uh, an electro kind of chemical uh, reaction, if that's correct. Does that sound... Oh, it, no, it's moving materials. Oh, it's absolutely because it, it now it'll only carry small molecular weight. So there is a limit to its carrying capacity uh, because it's not just it's not just carrying. So it has to be mobilized and it needs water to move. So water is the motor. OK, and the the disulfide bond, the, the way that the molecule looks, if you actually look at the mechanical, actual chemical structure of it, it has like uh, it actually looks like how water has two little <laughs> prong things. This also has it, but with the sulfur. So it also can sort of grab on small molecular weight um, material, like physical material. And then the water bonds on the other side of the hydrogen. And so it's like shuttling literally this, this thing, you know, <laughs> through the bloodstream and out the body. Um, so yeah, it actually is, is mechanically doing it. Um, and that means that you need enough of your doses. You just need to make sure that you're using correct dosages and you'll know by your symptoms if you are. So if you apply some and, you know, you check your pain scale, for example, right? Out of your 10 out of 10. And then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, say, where's my pain at now? If you're only at an eight, you didn't get enough dose. So apply some more and then re-look re at your pain scale. Now I'm at a six. Okay, good, but not where I want to be. You can feel comfortable to apply it again until you're getting the doses that are needed for the body to complete the process, right? Um, hmm. So that's, that's all. And, and again, even if you're stuck or even if you're at partial, you can just, you know, upregulate and use more of it and, and increase your magnesium levels, which I always recommend because without it, your liver is sluggish. Your liver doesn't um, catalyze the reactions as fast if they don't have, a, if it doesn't have enough magnesium to do that because it's a massive catalyst, which speeds biochemical reactions, right? And most people are super deficient in magnesium. So I'm always harping on about it. I'm like, if you're going to detox, your magnesium levels better get up there. And unfortunately, you absorb it terribly through the gut. Even the best absorbed magnesium, you're going to get max 30% out of whatever dose you're taking. And mm -hmm. so I do encourage oral use just so you get some of it. But also that's why I encourage the topical use of magnesium because you can saturate yourself properly. Um, even, you know, using magnesium flakes in a bath, you're going to get a lot more through the skin uh, there was actually a study done, and it was through my uh, my college, my Can the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. They did a study to see does do Epsom salts actually <laughs> give you magnesium in the blood or not? Right? Like, is it just hokey or not? And it does very effectively. You you soak in you know one cup of Epsom salts 
uh, and within minutes, your blood is to uptaking that magnesium. And so it's more accessible and usable so that things can get moving properly. So when you're inflamed, obviously there's a lot going on inside the body and all kinds of tissue and all kinds of debris being made. And then, yeah, you can get blocked up. Uh, you can get congested and that's the worst place you want to be. Cause as soon as you have congestion, you're going to have pain. You're going to have sluggishness and tiredness, right? You're going to have all kinds of cacophony of different symptoms. Um, and it's, it's can get harder to heal whatever it is that you're trying to heal until you correct that blockage. It's like a traffic jam in your body uh, until the accident's cleaned up, right? You're not going to get flow of communication anymore. And uh, it can kind of spiral, as I think you were saying you experienced. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so is there any limitation on the long-term use of DMSO? Or is it something that like whether you have a specific condition of some kind? Now that I'm, you know, I, I don't know how long I've said I'm 90% better, but uh, it's it, like there's just so much more... I, my, I'm digesting food, I'm eating, there's, there's a much greater level of health, greater level of energy. And, and then my sense is to just keep using it. Is that, that, is that a good sense regardless? Like even if a lot of symptoms have disappeared? Yeah. So what, so there is a saturation point that can happen. So what, so when you ingest DMSO, immediately one of the oxygens is, um, is, is being used and utilized. And as it metabolizes, it starts to break down the sulfur, but in the interim, you can get a lot of DMS. So it first, um, you know, uh, deoxidizes and goes into DMS and the DMS can take a little bit longer to metabolize and what can happen over time of use. So day one, day two, now say you're on day 15, day 16 of, of consistent use. Uh, if you were to check the blood, you'd have a lot of DMS still floating around in the system being, you know, used and pinged in different areas. Um, so, and then it goes to, you know, the next section <laughs> where one of the, there's only one sulfur left and then it goes down to no sulfurs left. So there's, is actually a breakdown process of it in the body. And some of the metabolites can hang around a little bit longer. So generally what I suggest is if you're wanting to use it long-term, I pretty much use it every day, at least in low dose uh, without issue. But if you're using heavy doses, especially if you're using super high doses, um, I actually recommend that you take it with alpha lipoic acid, 600 milligrams alpha lipoic acid for any um, protocol where you're using heavy doses. So you're ingesting, you know, one teaspoon and five ounces of water or juice, plus you're using perhaps like a tablespoon amount of like a 50% solution on your skin. Um, especially if you're doing things like injections or IV, this sort of thing that will really help move the debris to the liver and remove it so that you don't get that backup of the metabolites, but otherwise take a break. You know, usually I suggest every month, uh, take a one or two day break, and it'll just catch up the metabolites and, and finish off the, uh, the cleansing process. And then you're good. And so good to know. Uh, good to know. Yeah. It's been a uh, while. It's not really a issue. We're getting a little breakdown here, but, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if you can hear me. Amanda, but um, I think it's been eight weeks exactly since yep. I saw yep. you at Soulshine. It wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm almost to the day or to the day even. And so yeah, that's that's how long I've been using it. I haven't been ingesting it anymore. There was like 
I don't know why I just thought I will just use it topically. I was using it just going with my intuition, not having really any other thing to go on there, but it's all gone in the right direction. And how would you know if you were uh, over using it? Like what would those symptoms be? Is there anything more that you haven't already said? Maybe you said that. Not really. You don't really, you're not really going to feel uh, ill. Um, you might stink a little more <laughs> than normal. So uh, that's like, a, the, the body will get rid of it. It will gas it. So there's really no danger to it. But just just like anything, um, it's always good to rest your body, you know, from whatever you're doing every now and again, anyway. Um, so it, it really just depends on your own metabolism. And uh, so some people wouldn't need a break ever. And some people would need to take a little bit more of a break and just let the rest of the residues um, get metabolized first. But it's really not good. You're not really going to notice anything overt other than, you know, you might feel just a little bit ill, like not you know, yourself, like energetically, right? You might feel a little more lethargic, those kinds of things. You know, like detox symptoms will give you, it, that's what you'll experience if you're still metabolizing a lot of it. Um, so just take a, a day off here and there is not gonna, is, is not gonna waylay you and just help the, the rest of the metabolism. Right. And uh, can I use the facelift in a jar every day for the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, after I shower, I use the facelift in a jar over my entire body. <laughs> uh, oh, because you're, you got the source there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got the source. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought the little one. I regretted it. So now I got the big one as backup and I stored it in the fridge. Does it degrade over time? That is there no. any degradation? No, it can be at room temperature, even fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really yeah. good. Um, just let me know if you had a time constraint of any kind, just let me know when you feel like you're, you're needing to go. I, um, I think we've covered a great deal of, of the questions that I had regardless. Um, this, this was one thing just to maybe a little deeper into the relationship with water. You said, if you leave it open, <clears throat> it will attract atmospheric water. And, uh, and then, you know, is it, so is mm -hmm. that a problem if using it after, because there, there were a couple of times where I left it a little loose. I don't know if that matters, but um, that was annoying. I was training myself like, close that <laughs> thing. And then, so I guess you're just not having the concentration that you did. It was like 99% and then it'll be down. So is that something to try to do math on or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't worry about that, those kinds of little um, slip ups. Now, if you're trying, if you have a bottle of DMSO, and uh, you're, it's two years old, you know, then you'll probably have to assume it's now a 90% or, or like another 10% less of it. It will also slowly kind of degrade if there's light or heat, you know. Um, but the interesting thing is, there'll still be DMSO in there and just some products of and water so it's still you can actually still use it uh it's not like it goes rotten uh but it's just less potent uh but for you know a bottle that you're using you know on and off over a period of months you don't really have to worry much about it just tighten the lid you know and you're and keep it in a cool dark cupboard and you're good um uh, the, yes, it's, it's hydrophilic. It loves water. It wants water. <laughs> it's water's lover. <laughs> so, uh, from the air, 
And now if you're in the dry winter, it's going to be less than the middle of summer. You know how much that's going to absorb, but it's pretty minor with like a glass bottle and a tight lid. And that's one reason also why you really don't want to use plastic because it'll even absorb water and little molecules through the plastic itself. Um, even though it's inert for uh, most PET E uh, plastics and hard plastics, it doesn't react, but the water part is the more the problem in those containers. So you might not get like the high purity or after if you're purchasing um, pure DMSO in, in plastic. So I generally recommend glass uh, when you're purchasing it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and then you're also really careful to let people know to wash your hands before you use the DMSO because anything on your hands is going to end up in your tissues, right? Uh, so not, any, not anything of low enough molecular weight. Oh, I'm breaking up. Oh, wait a sec. But yeah, anything of low molecular weight, uh, it will. So yeah, just simple wash your hands, uh, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not going to cause major issues. And in fact, you know, even if that did happen, just take more DMSO and then it will get that out of the body again. Right. So, uh, if it already had an affinity for it going one way, right. Going in it, when you take it internally, it'll have the affinity to grab it and get it out. So, and it's, it has a really interesting, like when they were studying it and even Jacob said this, that he, it seems very protective. It, it, the, the, the substance itself, um, you know, seems to be smart or intelligent in a way like an adaptogen would, you know, adaptogens will, if the, if the organ is low, it will raise activity. And if the, the activity of the organ is too high, it will lower the activity. So it almost works like an adaptogen in a way it kind of knows, you know, whether one thing is like, should go one way or the other way. And I don't think they even understand how it does that or why I would, I would harbor a guess and say it's because of the intelligence of water and its relationship with water that it's able to get that insight or get that direction uh, from the water itself, which has high intelligence, right? So that, that would be one explanation that scientists in the future, when we're allowed to actually study such things, um, could uh, look, look into. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so this could be my last question. If there's any burning questions and Amanda still has time, I'm happy to take them. If you can, uh, if, if I miss them in the chat and you want to repost, please do. Now I'm uh, very selfishly interested in the adrenals and what we've often been told are hormonal problems, but that, uh, you know, almost always are something about the liver and the adrenals <clears throat> and the way that women tend to struggle with hot flashes and all of that kind of thing. Like I've had hot flashes since I did chemotherapy more than 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they're, they're, you know, they become very, very unnoticeable, but still a few at night here and there. And then finally somebody said, you know what, that's not your, that's not your hormones. That's your adrenals. And that made a mm -hmm. lot of sense. And, uh, you know, just starting to take, um, licorice as a, as a thing to, to feed and nourish the adrenals and is there an interaction with DMSO and the adrenals or how would you specifically address the adrenals? Uh, well, actually, interestingly enough, I'm just about to invent another cream. <laughs> uh, it's, it's based on uh, another yam cream that I've been looking at 
because, you know, I usually promote a progesterone cream for these sorts of situations, get out of hot flashes. And I use that myself. Uh, I, I sell one called Nat Pro. Um, it's a natural progesterone cream topical, and it helps to increase progesterone levels, which um, can support also proper estrogen production and really help the adrenals kind of back off a little so you don't get the surge. Because really, it's um, it, what's happening is the the whole pituitary adrenal axis, it, what's happening is the brain is still sending a signal to the uh, ovaries to say, produce. That's the hot flash. It's through the thyroid. It's still trying to say to the ovaries, Can, are you doing something or not? Like what's going on? And then that, that feedback is not happening to close the loop. So you get this surge, me metabolic surge of heat. And sometimes you get a cold flash too, so go the other way. But that's the same, it's the same mechanism where it's trying to encourage the ovary to still produce. So that means there's a hormone signaling issue that's happening here, um, often because there's deficiencies in both the thyroid and the the uh, adrenals themselves, and that feedback loop is not closing off. So I generally suggest to you know use progesterone cream properly for a while uh, to get that settled out, um, but I'm also going to make one based on wild yam to use it uh, as an extract uh, with a couple of other um, inputs like uh, chaste berry, these kinds of of uh, hormonal modulating herbs and blend it with DMSO because there's nothing on the market that's done it together. So you get maximum delivery and absorption of the hormonal modulators that are part of the wild yam and the chaste berry and a couple of the other um, herbs that I'm going to add in there. So uh, the when you so supporting those glands for sure, I mean, that's part of you definitely want to make sure you're mineralized. Uh, you have your iodine levels and all your trace minerals available so that, again, the, the tissues can properly regulate. Um, but your goal is to basically tell that mechanism to stop, like, like stop sending signals to the ovary. We're in, if we're not making it try to ovulate. Um, and then that, that whole hot flash thing will settle out, will settle down. Um, but yeah, you can use adaptogens for the meanwhile as well. Like there's a female ginseng, the Panex ginseng is one. And then there's a qu quincophilia <laughs> ginseng, red ginseng and white ginseng. There's different ones, right? Uh, so that's also really good. Or Eleutherococcus is one of them. Um, that is a really good, um, adrenal gland support in addition to the licorice, which is also wonderful. Um, and I would do like a combination factor there and then make sure just you know this might be for you might be for whatever anybody else what happens too is if we haven't done proper liver cleansing because the liver is also a part of this right because it's a, ma a major endocrine gland and if your liver is congested and and it's also producing hormones then uh what happens is you get stagnation and most people have like stones, uh, they have uh, hepatostones, so they're not gall stones per se, they're liver stones. Uh, a lot of the people who say they have gall stones actually don't, they're just thrown into the gall bladder, but they're actually all made by the liver, they're liver stones. And so doing coffee enemas on a regular basis is really important because you've got to get that bile out, you got to get that bile remade, and you have to upregulate the liver processes and, and stop that stagnation of the liver, which is so, so common. Um, 
And then that as well can be part of like the whole hot flash situation. Um, I have had so many women and I know like the, the, um, adages, female fat and 40, <laughs> where you look for like gallbladder problems, but now it's not even, you don't even have to be fat. <laughs> you just have to be female and over 40 and like you're, you've got stones, you know? So, uh, you can do a, an actual flush. I don't know if you've ever done one of those with the olive oil and the whole flush. Um, there, I'm actually writing a protocol now that talks about how to like, um, start to dissolve the stones and, uh, and prepare the body for a successful flush. As I said, with detox, you should prepare the body before you just go ahead and detox. Same thing in this case, right? Because if you have really big stones in there, they can, uh, dislodge and get stuck in the, uh, make colic, you know, get stuck in the tubes. So it's like grapefruit juice, uh, lemon juice, lemon water in the morning, uh, apple cider vinegar diluted helps to dissolve them ahead of time. Uh, chance of piedra or break stone is another one or, uh, what's called gold coin grass. Gold coin grass is really helpful to dissolve actual gallstones as well. But, you know, that's all actually part of the menopausal symptom, you know, situation <laughs> because all of these organs are involved, right? And so, yeah, you can support the adrenals. That's awesome. But you also have to look at, you know, the thyroid and the liver itself and make sure that they're, you know, they're um, cleaned out and not congested at all to prevent any of those um, symptoms. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Um, how does it affect testosterone was one question that came from uh, Billington Aubert. Uh, the progesterone? Have... Oh, DMSO. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we all have testosterone and, uh, what happens as we get older is the testosterone becomes unopposed. So then, you know, this is where we get hirsutism, you know, we get the whiskers, the famous <laughs> chin whiskers or face whiskers, this kind of annoying masculine, um, older into the menopausal years. And you actually need some people's testosterone actually tanks when they get into menopausal years and they have to actually substitute <laughs> or they take it, which I don't recommend. I never recommend taking the end products of the creation of the hormones. I always recommend upstream to allow the body to decide how much it wants to make of anything. It's way less side effects like that. Um, so either DHA, you know, up there or even cholesterol. I mean, there's no point even um, trying to make your hormones if you don't have enough cholesterol in your body, because that's the backbone of it. And as well, vitamin D is part of that whole system too, because that's also a steroid hormone, which is a backbone of all of these forward making hormones. So, you know, looking at that whole profile is really important. Now, DMSO, as far as DMSO and testosterone, uh, as per all the things it does, is going to help that communication, right? It's going to help that regulation. Uh, of all those feedback loops just by virtue of allowing blood flow to get the area nutrients to get to the region to repair, um, you know, absorption, utilization are all going to be upregulated. So, uh, so it help will help with hormones, you know, in a sort of panacea way, uh, by those actions. And just to mention quickly, uh, for those of your viewers don't know about urine therapy, and actually, I'm going to start writing a book, um, on this topic because it's so, uh, needed. So the awareness of it is just 
so needed and so many people hate on it unnecessarily when it can literally save your life. I mean, if you get a bee sting or a bite by a snake or, you know, anything where you're going into anaphylaxis, your own urine can literally save your life. If you drink your own urine within 20 seconds of an anaphylactic reaction, it will halt that anaphylaxis, like peanut allergies, any of these allergies, you have the antidote in your own urine. God made your own cistern for yourself and even says in the Bible to drink from your own wealth, to drink from your own cistern. And uh, so you have your own antidote that your God <laughs> made your body make for you. Not only that, it has a complete imprint of your metabolites of your body within the excess urine is not waste. It's actually excess, excess hormones, excess metabolites, excess vitamins, minerals, all these things are in it. Most of it's water, 97% of it's structured water. And the rest is 3%, 4% urea. And the rest are all those important metabolites and water holds memory. So your waters have the memory of you. And then you're ingesting it and your whole brain lights up, goes, oh, that's me. Oh, this is what's going on. Oh crap. Oh, we got to go over here now. Oh, we got to fix this here now. Oh, the testosterone, testosterone's not good. We better upregulate now. And so you actually can fix your hormone system just by drinking your own urine. <laughs> you just have to get over the, the programming and the mind control that's happened where they have made it bad or gross or some sort of satanic ritual or whatever the hell kind of crazy <laughs> stuff that's been put out there, right? Because so many will hate on it and they just don't even, you know, condemnation without education, right? Is the height of indoctrination. It's like that. So uh, mm -hmm. people just mm -hmm. should have that one in their back pocket at least, but it can be part and parcel with this. And you can add DMSO into, into that and get even more potency. So definitely can upregulate and help the hormone system using uh, these tools. Fantastic. Maybe down the line when you're uh, finished that book, we can do a, a whole stream on urine therapy. I, I've looked in a little bit and I was using it for a time, kind of forgot. And uh, I might go back now. So, um, well, this has been fantastic. I don't want to keep you very long. We, we, uh, I wanted to shout out to um, Jimmy Brent. Is that his name? Who, who, um, is that right? Jimmy oh, yeah, Brent. that's right. Jimmy Brent. Yeah, who just passed away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, I just, yeah. I didn't even, it just came up, like it just it was shocking. I didn't, I was literally just about, that was to the slot today. I was supposed to be talking to him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I have no idea um, how he died or anything. I have no, mm -hmm. no hint of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. but very sudden. Yeah, it's been it's been at least a couple of weeks or more, I think. But uh, it, it he, he that was the reason that we were able to speak so soon. So I want to send him some blessings, and uh, and just you know that we made good on the time. So thank you as well for for jumping in. And um, is there anything that you would like to share with people about how they can access more of your work? There's Yummy Dot Doctor is up on the screen there, and I have. Um, a link tree is a really good place because you probably have a ton of links already there. So yeah, I, I do have a lot of different avenues now. Um, well, yummy.doctor is also my private community uh, that we launched in the summer. We almost have 600 members now and growing. And, you know, I launch every two weeks or three weeks or so a new course or protocol um, that's, you know, very su supportive. So it walks you through all these different steps and we have like a social media aspect so we can communicate. 
uh, for the top tier, two tier memberships. I go live every Thursday for them, answering their questions and helping them. Uh, and then with each course, uh, once a month, I'll go into every course group. So for every course that uh, you take, there's a gr associated group. And, uh, and so everyone who takes the course is in that group and there, it's like a little community. Uh, and then I I'll go in there and then answer specific questions about the course and what's going on with, you know, each case. Uh, so that's a little more, you know, support and, and, um, uh, helps them through whatever they're going through. And, uh, then of course I have my DMSO.store. That's for all the DMSO products. And which had to separate out from yumnaturals.store because we had to run from the law. <laughs> uh, you know, you have to get creative these days to subvert the. Yeah, so I'll just follow up since. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say that uh, I was chasing around a little bit looking for the DMSO products and couldn't find your facelift on a jar. Uh, it, but um, persist is all I would say to people. Persist. It's uh, it's all out there to be found. Here's the link dmso.store for all of those DMSO related products. And uh, and then your people are always super helpful. Like I send Fabian a message. He almost always is replying to me within at least 24 hours or less. So uh, do persist. Yes, do persist. I've got a great team. You know, they're uh, always flooded with lots of messages, uh, yeah. but they they will help and support wherever they can. And they're just they're like family. So they're really, I'm really lucky. I really feel uh, grateful for all the great people that you know have found me and surrounded me and and helped you know bring this information to to you and to uh, help people as much as we can through uh, their own journey, their own health journey. So. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, Beth. And thank you, your community. And uh, it's been really wonderful to be able to connect with you again. And I'm sure we'll do more in the future as as we like to. And hopefully we'll actually go to a festival or two again uh, yeah. together at some point. Yes, I would love that. I would love that. Thank you for your generosity in always sharing your knowledge and teaching people and empowering them. I, it gives me a, a warm heart. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. You as well. Mm. You're very welcome. All right. Well, I'll stay on and make an announcement. We do have a, and if you, if you feel like you want to get on with your evening and, and dinner with family, then feel free to uh, join. But I just want to make sure people know that Michelle Lundquist and Kyle Denton are on tomorrow. And they're going to be talking about the herbs that correspond with the archetypes um, and the emotions on the scale that I teach. So the scale of emotions, the emotional world can be a real showstopper for people. They get locked out of them or they get locked in them. And so uh, I wanted to have a couple of experts that really know their their herbals and their archetypes. And we'll probably be talking about Scorpio and death season right now, which is one of my specialties because I'm a Scorpio. And uh, so that's coming up at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon, Central Time. So we'll be back here live again with both Kyle and Michelle. Happy birthday coming. My daughter's oh, a Scorpio too. Ah, yes. Oh, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you have a beautiful... Yeah, yeah. It's intense. Thanks. It's an intense ride, I tell you. Yeah. I love you guys. I love you, Amanda. And mm -hmm. uh, I wish everybody a good evening. Love you too. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.